Today we're going to be talking about somebody, I used to think I was more like, uh, if I were going to pick a disciple, I was more like Peter. Because I just say whatever comes to my head sometimes. Peter was known to just randomly say stuff, and people are like, what the heck is that boy talking about? More than once, it got him in some level of trouble. Uh, uh, Peter, the rock of the church. But Thomas is one who appears especially prominently in the Gospel of John at several different points uh, because he hopes for, dreams of, imagines this different community, this different world that Jesus is going to offer. And somehow or other, I see myself and my own personal struggles with faith more like Thomas these days, not like currently these days, some days, more than others, I suppose, but um, trying to find myself in the midst of the doubts and uncertainties. That's, uh, that's a challenge in and of itself. So let me read you a, uh, the story from, from the Gospel of John. Now remember, this is our third week of resurrection stories. So if you're catching up, we have heard the story uh, in the Gospel of John, Mary Magdalene coming to, the, uh, coming to the tomb, finding it empty, and she comes back and tells the disciples, I have seen the Lord. The disciples apparently did not believe her, so uh, later that night, behind locked doors, Jesus makes an appearance, the resurrected Jesus makes an appearance to them, and then they tell that we have seen now and we believe. So now we pick up with a piece of information that was not shared originally about the disciples being gathered. This is uh, beginning in verse 24 of chapter 20 in the Gospel of John. But Thomas, who was also called the twin, one of the 12 was not with them when Jesus came. New piece of information, Thomas wasn't there. I don't, I've always wondered, where was Thomas? But we're not going there now. Uh, so the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. This is the gospel of our Lord for this morning. Thanks be to God. Now, for some of you who are joining me this morning, you know that this reading was actually the prescribed reading for last Sunday. So this could be a review for you, Thomas. Uh, Thomas, sometimes known as the doubter. Now, what's most interesting to me about this Thomas guy, good, I can hold this thing now, 
what's most interesting to me about this Thomas guy is that uh, the stories about him after this. Thomas is supposedly the disciple, uh, the disciple, the apostle, that planted all of the churches in southern India. And to this day, they believe uh, in southern India, uh, the Portuguese, when they landed in, in southern India in the 1400s, were shocked to discover there were Christian communities that traced their history back to 52, you know, as opposed to, uh, you know, like brand new. We were bringing you a message, and you already got it from some guy named Thomas, who we like to call Doubting Thomas, but apparently, even after his doubts, uh, arose above that. So here are the things that I think are worth noting about this story. First of all, we are getting, get, we're giving the other disciples uh, an easy ride in this story. Mary reported, first of all, she comes back from the tomb. First preacher, by the way, a woman. I think it's important for you to notice that. Very first evangelist was a woman. So if you can't hear the good news from a woman, apparently you can't hear the good news. So those disciples were gathered together Having heard the report, having heard the report that guess what? I've seen the Lord. They didn't believe until what? Jesus showed up for them. Then they reported to Thomas, we have seen the Lord. How is that any different that he doesn't believe than the rest of the disciples? Come on. What are you giving him a bad rap for? Just because he was the one who drew the short straw and had to go pick up the milk at the local uh, milkery. Uh, or whatever it was that he did. You know, maybe he had to pick up masks. I don't know. I mean, there are any number of things that when he was supposed to be physically distancing, you know, apparently he went. So Thomas comes back. He hears the report, we've seen the Lord. And he says, unless I see. Unless I see the actual Jesus, I'm not going to believe now, let's just be honest with each other. Unless I see is one of the, you know, we're, we might as well be all from the show me state. Unless I see, I'm not going to believe. And, you know, it's very hard to see a physical Jesus anymore. I mean, you can see a crucifix. You can see various drawings of him and various representations. But to see Jesus. Now, remember. This is all about the Gospel of John. And in the Gospel of John, do you know who the successor way of seeing Jesus is? The community of faith. This is where we're meant to see Jesus. We're meant to show Jesus. Now, we have sometimes dropped the ball there, my friends. We have sometimes dropped the ball there. But we all have those things that we want God to prove to us. Unless you heal so-and-so from whatever they have. Unless, you know, I get that next job. Unless I find a parking place within three spaces of the mall entrance. You know, we have a lot of unlesses that we want to throw at God. Unless my life is perfect. Unless I become wealthy. Unless I, you know, there, the prosperity gospel is really all about if you're faithful to God, God's going to pour some cash on you. And that's a, a delightful thing to think. But what if you don't get cash poured on you? Is it your lack of faith or is it that somebody 
sold you a bill of goods and it wasn't God. Unless, unless, unless. There are a lot of unlesses in our world about what we can and can't believe, what we are willing to respond to. You know, I've been looking around in the world recently about the kinds of responses I see. I see selfless doctors and nurses on the front lines of this pandemic. I see scientists working across borders to try to find answers to how we can stop the spread of this. I see grocery store workers, I've only experienced one grumbling, uh, and, uh, but you know, I had to go to uh, Costco this week and there were the line police that kept us at least six feet apart. There were, I, I have never seen cleaner shopping carts in my life, in my life. I watched them be brought forward and then zip down with something, I don't know what. And one goes in when one comes out, but not until one comes out. Two go in, but two come out. That's the way that it is. It was really amazing, but on the front line, Costco workers, all, you know, people who are repairing our cars, people who are in the grocery store waiting for us to, people who are considered to be necessary in our lives are on the front lines, some of whom whether they want to be or not. They're putting their lives on the line so we can keep going. And then I also think of people who are religiously staying at home. People who are actually distancing themselves to protect one another. You know, I've seen some people who are about to pull their hair out on some Zoom calls uh, recently. Maybe they just look that way naturally, I don't know, but it, it seemed more than just an appearance that life and staying separate was really hard on them, but it was more important to stay separate. So I see God's goodness at work in the world in those kinds of ways, unless I see. So I've been trying really hard to see it in places because I'll just tell you, my wife can tell you, I told her late on Wednesday. Wednesday is one of her, uh, hers and Joshua's stay-at-home work days. And I don't know what it was, but all day, every story I read, every piece of news I came across about the world and the pandemic and the planet and everything, it, it made me cry. Now, I did it by myself. I didn't tell anybody until later on I said, uh, yeah, Linda, this is, she said, Something's up with you. And I was like, yeah, pretty much everything's making me cry today. You know, the story of uh, the human interest story that tells about this guy who died, you know, from coronavirus, from COVID-19. And, you know, what his life had meant and how it impacted other people. The lives of doctors and nurses who were on the front line. Uh, those kinds of things, they were just breaking my heart. And in ways I just didn't, and you know, our spiritual sisters and brothers would say that those were the gift of tears. It didn't feel like a gift on, on Wednesday. I just struggled all day long. And so if you're struggling, you could be exactly like me. Or you could even see in a more important uh, historical figure, and that's Thomas. 
Thomas needed to see, to know, to experience the reality of Jesus. And here's something you need to recognize about this story. It's not really a story about Thomas. It's a story about Jesus. What is Jesus willing to do to meet you where you are? I mean, Jesus had already made a big appearance uh, to Mary in the garden. That should have been enough. But it wasn't. So then Jesus makes an appearance to the disciples. Not just the 12, but whoever was considered the disciples behind locked doors. And that should have been enough. Only Thomas needed something. And Jesus met him where he was. Because the God we serve is the face of love in the person of one. God is like Jesus. Isn't that kind of amazing? It's not just that Jesus is like God. It is that God is like Jesus, loving, willing to show up for one. What we proclaim as faith is that in the person of Jesus, we can see a reflection of what God looks like, who would show up for the one, for the one, no matter what their struggles are, no matter what their struggles are. I know some of you are struggling. If you're watching this show, show, if you're watching this worship, it's starting to feel a little weird when there's just six of us in the room. Uh, but. If you're watching this, there's a good chance you are struggling. I, I talk to my parents several times a week, and dad is itching to go out. Now, whether he likes it or not, I can tell you dad is 91. He does not need to be going out and shopping. They learned how to online order their groceries and have them delivered. They proclaimed to me this week, yep, Salvador brought our groceries. <laughs> he did make an unfortunate substitution for their butterscotch candies that they like with uh, peach gummy rings. Dad was not a f fan at all. But other than that, they've learned. They're antsy. They're isolated. They're struggling. That's all of us. Antsy and isolated and struggling sometimes. Or being sent into the world to face uncertainty in the grocery store, other kinds of places. It's kind of invisible, and we don't know what to do. If you're in the midst of struggle, God wants to meet you where you are. God didn't just take on the face of, a, of humanity for a, a, a charade. God has been in the struggle. God is in the struggle with you. It, if you know one of the names we called uh, God, uh, uh, Jesus, Emmanuel, it's a Hebrew word that means God with us. It wasn't God was with us. It's God is with us now. Now, wherever you are. Now, if Jesus will show up for just one, Jesus meets us where we are and what we need. I don't hear, and intriguingly enough, some commentators do, 
uh, I don't hear Jesus rebuking Thomas. I don't hear a rebuke. You know, he shows up. He shows himself. This is what Thomas needs to know. You are infinitely loved, so much so that here, see the hands, see the side. But you know what? What's going to be exciting is there's going to be people that come after you who know without ever getting to see. They don't get to meet Jesus in person, walking down the street, see him, palms laid out on the ground. Blessed are those who believe without seeing, who follow in this path of Jesus without having physically seen. It's a blessing for all of us. By the time the Gospel of John is being written, it's long after Jesus has died, risen, and it's now the community of faith. There are lots of new believers who have not physically seen Jesus. And Jesus leaves that final kind of blessing word to that community. Blessed are those who have believed without seeing. That's you and me. One of, one of, a, one of the world religions, our Hindu sisters and brothers, uh, greet one another with the word namaste. I may have mispronounced it, but one of the, it, it really essentially means I see the divine in you. I see the divine in you. Well, I think we Christians can adapt it to our own sort of way. The Christ in me sees the Christ in you. And if we can truly learn to see first the Christ within ourselves, that God is willing to meet us where we are, if we can learn to see ourselves as precious, we can learn to see the other as precious. We can love in the way that God loves us. I think we need to be thankful for a Thomas and stop giving him a bad rap. He does get a bad rap. Doubting Thomas. Don't be a doubting Thomas. Well, maybe you should be a doubting Thomas. Maybe you should struggle with your faith. Maybe you should ask God to help you come to faith because you can't figure it out for yourself. And the God I know will meet you where you are and loves you where you are. Broken, uncertain, doubting. Because that's God. God is love. Infinite. So from now on, look to see the Christ in yourself. And then look to see the Christ in the other that you encounter along the way. God does want to meet us where we are. And right now, for lots of us, it's a crazy time. A time we never imagined would be true. We're just thankful we can come to you digitally. So my friends, sisters and brothers, people I know and who I don't, in this time when things seem out of control, stop and breathe. Remember that God wants to meet you where you are. And for many of us right now, that's at home. Um, because God loves you that much. And me too.